Here at Doxedo Bloom, we're excited about making disciples who impact the city and nations. We hope you enjoy today's message. So today we are in week two of our series in the parables of Jesus. Now the parable we are looking at today is probably the most well-known parable that Jesus told. Uh, inside of Christian circles and even outside of Christian circles, people refer to this parable or refer to the idea of a good Samaritan. Now, let me just say this. It is extremely intimidating to preach on this parable. Uh, firstly, because you know this parable. You've read this parable so many times. You've heard it in Sunday school. And, and I've got this pressure on me to come in and wow you with some new revelation or new information on this parable. But truth be told, that's just not going to happen because your Sunday school teacher probably told you everything there is to be told on this parable. Now, if you are maybe not a Christian or you are new to church, then let me just say this, this parable is going to blow your mind because Jesus knows how to tell good stories. But then secondly, the other reason why it's really intimidating to preach on a parable that Jesus preached is that's like preaching a sermon Jesus preached again. How do you, how do you improve on a sermon from Jesus himself, the best storyteller in the world? Um, and so when I read this parable for, I don't know the how many times, um, it really, what, what I realized is that it wasn't new information that gripped my heart in the last week or so. It was actually just fresh revelation. And that's what God does. Even if you read the same parable again, the Holy Spirit comes and He does a new work in your heart. He comes and convicts you in a new way. And I'm trusting that will happen for you today. My prayer is that you will be convicted today, that the Holy Spirit would come and do something in your heart, even if it's with old information, the parable of the Good Samaritan, but that the Holy Spirit would come and do something in you today. So let's get right into it. In Luke chapter 10, so the Gospel of Luke, Luke is the guy that wrote this parable down that Jesus told. Luke 10 verses 25 to 37, it goes as follows. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Now, when it says an expert in the law, it doesn't mean like a lawyer like we know them today, someone that goes to the court of law and knows the, the, the laws of our country. Um, it's actually referring to someone that is an expert in the law of Moses. So someone that's literally a scholar on the Old Testament, probably a Pharisee. And so this man was a religious man. He comes to Jesus and he asks him, Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus responds, his good response saying, well, you are the expert in the, in the law. What, what is written in the law? Um, he replied, how do you read it? And then the expert in the law answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And so this man replies with the double love command. We see this straight through the Bible, this, this double love command where God commands us to, to love him and also love people. Jesus summarizes also the whole law in these two commandments, love God and love people. And then Jesus says, well done, you've answered correctly. Jesus replied, do this and you will live. And, and so you think the conversation is finished there. 
But then the conversation goes on, and this man that asked Jesus this question sort of reveals his heart or the reason why he's coming to Jesus. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And so he asks him, who is my neighbor? Now, just this idea of neighbor wasn't necessarily just the person living next to you. It was, you know, many people, it was a wider definition of uh, neighbor. And for this Jewish man, it was fair for him to assume or to want to know whether neighbors means Jewish people or is it everyone else? Um, because even in the Old Testament, whenever it does speak about neighbor, uh, many of the times it, it's, it's referring to fellow Jews, people that are also part of your culture or part of your religion. And so that's the question that this man is actually after. And he says, who is my neighbor? And so it's in the context of that question that Jesus tells this famous parable, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And so in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When, let me just actually pause there. Just think about this for a moment. So, so a man asks Jesus a question, and Jesus doesn't answer it. He doesn't go into a debate and uh, anything like that. He literally turns around and he says, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and everyone knew it's story time. This is now time for one of Jesus' famous parables. Um, I even imagine that, that Jesus was sort of just smiling to Luke, as if, you know, to, to tell him, you, you're going to want to write this down. You know, write this down. And then he starts with this parable. So Luke has got his pen and paper ready. And Maria and, and uh, Mary and, and Martha are sitting there. And as Jesus is saying, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Mary was saying, mm-hmm, preach it. They were ready for this sermon. Everyone knew this is one of Jesus' parables. And then he goes on. When he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. Now, there are these different characters uh, in the story. And so when Jesus says, but a Samaritan, this is a shock to the people listening to this, or actually to the man that asked this question. Because first off, he starts by saying a priest. So this is speaking about a religious man that is also a Jew. So the man that was left for dead on the side of the road was also a Jewish man. And so a man that is part of his people, a Jewish priest that's also a religious man, just walks past. And then also a Levite that's also considered to be a religious man. And you can't get any more Jewish than a Levite. He just walks past. But then a Samaritan that wasn't considered as properly Jewish by the Jewish people comes by and he helps this man. Now, I think there are two points that I want to share with you that Jesus is telling us um, in that parable. And the first one is that love has no loopholes. Love has got no restrictions. It's got no loopholes. You cannot restrict it. Love is for everyone. 
Now, this Samaritan, the Samaritans and the Jewish people didn't really like each other that much. Uh, the Samaritans had Jewish roots, but a couple of hundred years before this, they started marrying uh, people from foreign nations. And so they mixed their culture and their race was actually mixed with, with people from foreign countries and foreign nations. So the Jews looked down on them saying, well, you know, they've lost their way. They are no longer properly Jews because they are half-breed Jews. Not only that, there was a difference between the way that the Samaritans worshipped. Their, their religion looked different to the, the Jewish religion. So they differed in a great way in terms of race and even perhaps culture and their religion. And so when Jesus says, but a Samaritan, he's making a pretty big point that someone that wasn't supposed to help this man by the side of the road went and cared for him and had pity on the man on the side of the road. Now, the expert in the law that asked the question, who is my neighbor? I think we can relate with him in many ways. I think if you think about it, all of us at some level has asked, have asked this question, who is my neighbor? Who are my people? Who are the people that I'm supposed to care for? Now, for, for you, it might be you know, defining your neighbors as the people that have got the same culture as you. The same, speak the same language, maybe people from the same race uh, as you. You know, I think sometimes we, we limit as Christians because we believe that Jesus is the only way to the Father. I think we take that to the next step and we limit who our neighbors are to only Christians or only people in our church. So sometimes even people in other churches, we don't consider them as our neighbors. We, we try and find loopholes as to who we should care for. And Jesus says, no, there's no loopholes. There's no restrictions. So even if someone is, and listen to this, even if someone is from another religion, maybe some, someone with another sexual orientation, maybe someone that lives a life that, that you don't agree with their, their type of lifestyle, someone that is not even believing in God, in the existence of God, they are still our neighbors. And we still get to show God's love and mercy to them. Love has no loopholes. So let me ask you that question. In which way have you restricted your love toward other people? The second point I believe that we can learn from this is that love is an action. Love is not a religion. Um, love is not a theology. It's not about how much you know about the Bible or whether you are a priest or a Levite or anything. Love is an action. I mean, in this story, this uh, priest was an important man of God. Now, he probably had an excuse not to help this man. Maybe he was on his way to something very important. Or he could have argued, well, if I help this guy that's got blood all over him, it would make me uh, uh, ritually impure. And so he might have had some sort of a religious excuse. But that's exactly what religion does. Religion sometimes sidetracks us. It, it takes our attention away. It sidetracks us that we sometimes forget to just show mercy to people. Let me show you how, or tell you how I really identify with this priest and with this Levite. And I'm sure that if you hear this story, if we read about the priest and the Levite and the Good Samaritan, we don't think to ourselves, yes, I'm, I'm the Good Samaritan. We usually think to ourselves, well, I'm definitely the priest or the Levite. We associate with them. Uh, about two weeks ago, 
um, I was on my way to a meeting and I was almost late. I was, you know, when you're like on time, but you, you have to walk. You can't, nothing can distract you now. Otherwise you are going to be late. So I was that on time. And then as I got out of my car on my way to this meeting, there was a man that asked me for help. And he asked for money and I could see he was really in need, to be honest. And I knew that in my wallet there was a 200 rand note. And then I told this man, sorry, I don't have money for you. And it's the same definition that many of us use. You know, if, you, if, you, if you've got a 200 rand note, you don't have money for the car guard because you don't have change. You know, if you had a 10 or 20 or 5, you know, then you've got money for him, but not a 200 rand note. But the sad thing is that 200 rand note was still in my wallet a week later. And I wouldn't have missed it. But it could have really helped that man. But now here's the thing. Just like that priest and that Levite could have been distracted by many other things. You know where I was on my way to? I was on my way to a church meeting. A meeting with other church leaders where we're going to discuss, you know, as a church, how are we going to navigate through this COVID-19? We were, in that meeting, we do God's work. At the same time, you walk past a man that is in need. And so you see, love is not a religion. Love is an action. Sometimes we can get so busy with church and with our nice thoughts about God that we actually just forget to love the people around us. Maybe just another quick story uh, before we start landing. So um, I heard the story last week about a man by the name Arthur Blessed. And he's an American evangelist. And this one day he was invited to go to a prayer meeting at a church. And at this prayer meeting, there was about 40 men and they were praying for revival. Uh, what an amazing prayer meeting or thing to pray for. And, and they, they got together in this big circle and he says that he was sitting about seventh in line in this big circle and, and they were praying for revival, for people to come to Christ, to come to church and to meet Jesus. And after he had his turn to pray, he saw through the window a restaurant just on the other side of the road. And so he decided to just slip out quickly and he goes to this restaurant and as he enters the restaurant, he asks loudly, is there anyone that needs to get saved? Is there anyone that needs to meet Jesus? And then on that day, there was a, a waitress that comes and says, sir, I think that's me. Uh, I need to get saved. And then he sits down with her. He explains the gospel to her and she accepts Jesus and starts following him. And in that moment, after the conversation, after he had prayed for her and ministered to her, he asks her a simple question. He says, ma'am, you see, there's a church just opposite the road. Um, have you ever been invited to attend that church? And then she replies by saying, well, no, I know about that church because always on a Sunday after a service, they all come and eat lunch here at the restaurant. And he asks her, so, so has any one of them ever shared the gospel with you? And she says, no, well, not like this. Um, has any one of them ever invited you to church? Uh, no, no one's invited me to church. And so Arthur, blessed. He goes back to the prayer meeting. He walks in, and at that time, they are maybe onto the 13th person that's busy praying for revival, and he stops the meeting. He says, stop. You can stop praying for revival. God heard our prayers. It has happened. There's a lady that just got saved. We can stop praying. We can just go and invite people now, as simple as that. And so revival actually also lies in us just inviting people. Now, the point I want to get across is that love 
is more than just a thought. It's more than a religion. It's more than us just coming together at church. Love is an action. It is an action that we take. It is going to people, introducing them to love and mercy, the love and mercy of God himself. Love has no loopholes. And secondly, love is an action that we take. The story goes on. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. That was to, to, to take care of the wounds that this man had lying on the side of the road. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And then Jesus ends with this story, and he looks at the, the, the expert in the law, and he asks the question, who is my neighbor? And he asks him, which of these three? The priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan? Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And then obviously the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. You see, Jesus answers this question of who is my neighbor by saying, well, love doesn't have any limits. It doesn't have any restrictions. It has no loopholes. And secondly, also, love is an action. Sometimes religion just distracts us. Sometimes God is interested in our actions that we take, not only our intentions, but also the actions that we take. But I know, as I tell that story, we see ourselves in the, the expert in the law. We, we see ourselves in the, in the Levite and also in the priest. But we struggle to see ourselves as the, the Good Samaritan. It's difficult to love like this. But now there's another thing that I want to share with you or remind you of in this story. That just like this man that was lying on the side of the road, busy dying, just like he needed a savior, he needed someone to come and care for him and to take him to a place of safety. That's what the gospel is also. That's what the gospel of Jesus is for us. You see, Jesus is also our good Samaritan. You see, in this story, we can also actually associate with the man that fell into the hands of the robbers, the man that was left for dead on the side of the road. We are that man in need of a savior. And the beauty of the gospel is that Jesus doesn't just walk past. You see, religion actually walks past. It doesn't help you. You see, sometimes if you put your faith or your trust into other people, family members or into a spouse or anything else to, to, to save you, they're just going to walk past. They will never give you what Jesus can give you. Success at your place of work, it won't give you the answer you are looking for. It's just going to walk past. But Jesus never walks past. Maybe you are at a place right now in your life where you feel like you've messed up so many times and you feel spiritually dead. You feel far away from God. Or maybe you just feel like you've messed up so many times. You know who Jesus is? He is the one that always stops to take care of you. He never, ever just walks past. doesn't matter if you've had 10 chances. Jesus will stop and take care of you. In the same way, he, Jesus doesn't come and give us wine and oil. Jesus actually comes to give us his blood, with which he comes and heals our wounds. He comes and gives us not oil, but his spirit, which is life. He gives us his own life 
so that we're no longer dead, but we are made alive. And then Jesus also, in a sense, books us into an inn. He books us into his church, a place of safety where we can be cared for. Jesus doesn't want to just walk past you today. He wants to stop and care for you. Now, before I conclude, let me just say this. We'll make this invitation. If you feel you are spiritually dead, you are on the side of the road, and you are in need of a Savior, Jesus is your good Samaritan. And if you want to to start walking that journey of following Jesus with us, I want you to go into the description below. There is a form called Starting Point. Won't you just fill that form in and you can indicate that you want to start this new journey and we would love to contact you, have some coffee together and start walking this road with you. Jesus doesn't want to just walk past. He wants to stop and care for you. Now, I think for the rest of us, um, this passage is really convicting. But the reality is this. If you want to love like this, if you want to love like this way that, that God has called us to love, you need to first experience love. It's only once we receive mercy, a mercy like this, that we can start to give a mercy like this also. Once we experience the love of God, it becomes easier for us to start loving like Him and giving that love to other people. You see, the thing is, we are called to look at people, the value of people, regardless whether they are part of our culture, part of our race, part of our language group, or um, the way that we look at life. Even if they are not even part of our religion, we are called to love all people and show mercy to all people, just like God has shown mercy to all of us and Jesus dying for everyone on the cross. So even though we believe that life is found only through Jesus Christ, it's the only way to the Father, we are still called to show mercy to everyone else on this world because they are our neighbor. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would come and give us your eyes, God. May we come and love other people in the way that you've loved us, May we just see the value on people like the way that you see value on people, God. Make us more like this good Samaritan, God. And may you just come and remind all of us also of the mercy and the love that you have given us. And we thank you, Jesus, that you are our good Samaritan. And thank you that you helped us and put us in a place of safety and gave us new life. Amen. Bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Make sure that you get connected to this family on mission by joining us at one of our Sunday services.